Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God's word which we receive this morning is from the first letter of Peter, chapter 5, verses 6 to 11. Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. Four years ago this fall, Elijah started confirmation class with me. And after two years, we finished uh, the, the catechism. And Elijah asked a question, a very natural question, a question probably all of us would ask at that point. Does that mean we're done? Of course, the answer was no. We had other things to go through and had to go through the catechism again. And now here we are two years later, and the answer is still no. You are still not done. You're done with classes with me and me calling you at home on Skype and Google Meet. You're done with memory work and tests for me. But God, of course, is not done with you. Confirmation is not the end, it's just the beginning. The beginning of a commitment to God and of lifetime of classes with God and of walking with God. Peter tells us in our text, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. This humbling before God includes many things. It includes repentance of our sins and trust in him, but it also includes that sitting at Jesus' feet through his word for your whole life to learn and to grow in him. Jesus reminds us that he will not leave us alone when he ascended on high, but has sent his Holy Spirit to guide us, to lead us, to be our teacher throughout our life. The purpose of confirmation class is not to teach you all that you need to know, but merely to give you a push in the right direction. Confirmation class isn't a two-year or a three-year or a four-year thing. It's a lifelong sitting at the feet of Jesus. That humility that desires to learn from his word and acknowledges that I do not yet know all things that I need to know. You know, after Moses <coughs> died, God appointed Joshua as leader of his people. And Joshua led the children of Israel across the Jordan River. And God, in a very miraculous way, gave the city of Jericho into their hands. The walls came tumbling down. And after that, they went on. Uh, they were defeated at first by the city of Ai, but then they came to the Lord, and uh, the Lord led them in victory. They were feeling pretty good about themselves at that point. Jericho had fallen. They had defeated Ai. And then these strangers, these ambassadors approached the children of Israel and they said, look, our clothes are dirty and worn. We have come from a long distance in order to 
make a peace treaty with you. And the people of Israel were feeling pretty confident, feeling pretty good about themselves. Here are these ambassadors from a faraway land. They want to make a peace treaty with us. They didn't think to go and ask the Lord. They signed the treaty and later found out they weren't really from a faraway land, but were from a city just down the road. They failed to to come humbly before the Lord. They thought that they knew what they were doing. It's exactly when we think that we're done. It's exactly when we think we know it all, when we think we know what we're doing, that we are most apt to fail to see the trap just beneath our feet. You might be done with confirmation class with me, but you are certainly not done with that walk with the Lord. As the Bible tells us, Enoch walked with God his whole life, sitting at God's feet. However, more important than your commitment to walk with God and your vows that you will make this morning to God, more important than that is God's vows and God's promises to you. He has promised to send the spirit of truth, who is a much better teacher than I am, although he gives lessons in a way that you might not like as much as my lessons. He will lead and guide you. He will be there for you. And if you come before God in that humble repentance, he will strengthen and confirm you all your life. Of course, Everyone's favorite part of confirmation class is memory work, right? Raise your hand if you miss memorizing passages for the pastor. Okay, are you not raising your hand because you don't miss it or because you don't raise your hand in church as good Lutherans? Yeah, confirmands are not usually that eager to memorize. It's not usually our favorite part. You will probably never have to memorize another passage, another piece of the catechism, another hymn. There probably won't be anyone in your life ever again assigning you memorization. But being confirmed does not mean that, you're, that you should be done with memorizing God's word. Over the last few years, I've taught you, or you might say I forced you, to store those passages in your mind. But God's hope is that you learn to store them in your heart. Those and many others as well. Remember Mary who kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. It's very difficult for for young people to understand why they have to memorize Bible passages and confirmation or catechism pieces. But the day is coming in your life when you will have struggles and sorrow and temptation. And in those times, you will very much wish for the comfort and the strength that God gives through those passages and many more that we have asked you to memorize. You will want them in your heart for the times of of struggle that you will go through in life. You guys remember Samson? Who doesn't remember Samson, right? One of uh, all-time favorite Sunday school stories. Samson, the Hercules of Scripture, right? The man with God, that God gave great strength to. 
When he was young once, he went to a certain village in order to take for himself a wife. And as he was walking, a lion leaped upon him. And God gave Samson strength and he tore the lion apart and left the carcass sitting there. And you really don't have to worry much about lions here in Wisconsin. Although a few uh, mountain lions have been in the news lately, haven't they? Even in Africa, I've been to Africa, and even in Africa you don't have to worry much about lions. Unfortunately, there's just not many of them left in the world. But our epistle, our scripture reading this morning reminds us that if you don't have to worry about physical lions, nevertheless, Satan walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And although God does not promise to give you physical strength like Samson, he does promise to give spiritual strength to anyone who asks. Those passages that you've memorized, if you keep them in your mind and in your heart, God has promised through those words, through those promises, to strengthen and establish and confirm you so that when you are tempted, when you are sad or depressed, when you go through struggles and tribulations, those passages will comfort and be there for you. You know, there are tribes in Africa that believe if you eat the heart of a lion, you will gain the lion's strength. That's not true, of course. But it is true that if you inwardly digest God's word, God has promised to bless and strengthen you through that word. Finally, we have lots of tests in confirmation class. Not as much as memory work, but... Plenty of tests anyway, right? And you guys both did well on Thursday's questioning and uh, the other week on your final confirmation test. But again, you're not done with tests either. You have plenty more tests ahead of you in life. Tests that don't come from me, but from God. Tests that don't require a number two pencil, but require strength of faith and of heart. The ultimate example of God testing man's faith is Abraham, whom God tested over and over again until his faith was so strong. Not, it wasn't his doing, it wasn't Abraham's doing, it was God's doing that built that faith up in Abraham until it was so strong that he trusted God even when God asked him to sacrifice his own son Isaac. Peter reminds us in our epistle that God wants to give you that same strength of faith and of heart. And Peter reminds us that because God wants that same strength for you, you may indeed suffer. God may indeed test you for a little while. You know, the thing about God's tests, they're a lot harder than the tests I've given you. But, they're also already graded. You already pass. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, you are already assured the forgiveness of sins and a place in heaven. You don't have to worry about whether you're going to pass or fail the tests that God has placed in front of you. Through Jesus Christ, you are God's child. When God would test Abraham, you might remember how every time, after every test, God would come and he would appear to Abraham and he would remind Abraham of his promises and of his forgiveness. It didn't matter whether Abraham failed the test or passed it. 
If Abraham failed, God would assure him of forgiveness and remind him of his promises. If Abraham passed, God would assure him of his forgiveness and remind him of his promises and say to him, I will bless you and I will keep you. So that pass or fail, Abram was built up and strengthened in faith. You might fail many of the tests that God puts before you in your life, but God will not fail you. He will not take his promises from you, and he will be there. Those passages through that word. That's one of the reasons why it's so important to come to church every Sunday, because after a week of trials and tribulations, after a week of sins and failings and, and God's tests in our lives, we need to be reassured, to be reminded of God's promise and of his grace and of his forgiveness, to be built up again in that love of Christ and strengthened for the week ahead of us. We need to hear again his blessing. Matthew 9, 2. Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. You are not done yet, because God is not done with you. Jude 1, 24-25. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.